Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Online at InThisLeague.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Interact and follow the show on Twitter at InThisLeaguePod. Now, here's your hosts, Bogman and the Welsh. Welcome in, friendos. It is In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Chris Welsh. That, that's Scott Bogman. That's right. <sighs> oh, yeah. Bogman, I'm such a big fan. Can I get your autograph? Can I get your autograph? No. I was me as like a little kid. I was a little kid getting Bogman's oh. autograph. Uh, that was me big timing a little kid then. No, <laughs> no thank you. Okay. So. Yeah, Bob, you, can hear the, you can hear the mode Bogman's in because we're talking <laughs> about second base. I'm not so sure it's actually about second base, but you know, we all Second have base a, isn't great. No, it's not, it's not fantastic, but it's not the, the worst of the world. I'm not sure. And ultimately, when we come out of this, I don't know if this season will be much or will um, be representative of what previous years have been, where you could go and quickly identify, like, holy crap, wasteland. I actually don't think when we come out of this, we're going to look and we're going to be like, wow, this position is such garbage piece of S compared to all these others. I think at the end of the day, from a 12-man you know, starting standpoint, you're going to have a capable starter across the board. There's not a Grand Canyon-sized cliff you're going to fall off of for starters. Now, depth is going to be a different question here, and we are going to tackle that today on our early, early 2021 second base ranks. Mr. Bob. Yeah, th- this um, this position does look dicey. I-, I actually, I feel like I dislike the middle more um, than yeah. I do uh, the end here, but I don't know. I still think I still don't think first base, it, you and Bubba both made it sound, oh, no, 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 first base isn't that bad. And then it's when not, I look, I'm like, mm, that's not great, you know. Uh, and you guys both described second base as worse. It's not good. It but is I worse. Think it's, I think it's probably right in line with first. Uh, okay, yeah, I mean, that definitely is the difference between us. Like, at, you can get your capable second base starter, but then the cliff does fall off. So there is an advantage in leagues, just throwing it out there, especially with a lot of these guys having multi-position eligibility that if you're able to snag two, you're gonna take you're gonna take some guys off the market. You're gonna leave a team with a less than ca- now. I say less than capable. There are guys, and there's guys that pop up every last year. I mean, you saw some rookies and Andres Jimenez pop up. You saw Dylan Moore kind of come out of nowhere. A uh, Ty France, Jerkson Profar ended up being more worthy than he's ever been, and some of those guys will disappoint. So you can always make it work, but the strength is in the top end starters, you know, you could say the top 12, it might truly be like the top eight at the end of the day, but we're going to discuss all that. We're going to talk about some early, early ranks, which you listening can get if you want right now over at patreon.com slash ITL army, because that is where the ranks are. They are listed there. There's early 2021 stuff. There's the dynasty and there's prospects. And on December 1st, you're going to get a big old redraft update as I've gone through my second wave of my rank process, 
all the positional stuff will be updated. All of the overalls are going to be updated because I think I only dropped the top 100. We'll get a top 300. And then we'll just kind of keep going through the process. Next up after that, we'll be tiering everything. And you guys can get access to that. Dynasty ranks, prospect ranks, and a million other things. Jump in the prospect rooms, get the comedy secret shows, little Mandalorian podcasts, whatever you want. You can hang out with Bogman in his apartment on the stream or, you know, like if you came to Phoenix, you could probably do that too. Bogman does have a rule. You have to uh, take care of his cats if you come over. You have to feed them, change your litter box, and just, you know, Kind of play a, a motherly role if you come over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Or a wifey uh, role, whichever the, one you want. The actual rule is you're not allowed in my apartment. <laughs> that's, oh, that's the uh, actual uh, that, That's the actual real rule. But uh, but <laughs> sure, the, the play along rule is, uh, yeah, you have to come over here and clean everything. So Put that on a goddamn shirt, dude. The actual rule <laughs> is no. <laughs> the actual rule is go F yourself. Don't come back here. Not going to happen in any stratosphere. Well, uh, it's like uh, right now you wouldn't be allowed in my apartment because I'm embarrassed. By oh, it's it. one of it's those. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know those. I'm familiar with those. There's only been three podcast related people that have ever been in your apartment. Myself, Jake Seeley, and then our listener and great friend, Jack. Those are the only yeah. people. Yep. That's and it. I and I is your best friend or pseudo best friend. However you consider me these days. <laughs> I don't know what uh, you wouldn't let me in. Oh, yeah. If you came in the door right now, I'd be like, OK, well, give me a second and I'll be out. So <laughs> 20 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like so. the rule is go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually kind of like that better than the rule is you're not actually allowed over. Uh, the, the the real rule is go home. The real. So. Yeah. And actually, it's a lot. Of, you know what? Put that on a shirt and put it on our <laughs> Teespring store right now. Uh, hopefully people have been checking that stuff. This out. is the way home. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> this is a walk of shame. This is the way. <laughs> and then home at the bottom. There's another shirt. We could only get all these designed. Uh, I am very excited. My new stuff is, I think, coming this week and uh, maybe early next week. I'm not sure. I have to go check. But some of the people got uh, the brand new logoed stuff in nice and early. And if you want to check it out, Teespring, ITL store, just put that in the Google machine, the Google machine, and you can um, see all the new stuff, podcast art. The signed logos, there's hoodies, um, there's just all the stuff. Someone, uh, our boy Toft is doing the die cut sticker collection. I think he's got three of them. He's like, I'm missing one. I'm like, well, pff, you got to get the Boggs Jr. <laughs> the Boggs Jr. is easily the one you got to add to that list if uh, if you haven't already. So I know Bogman's picking up his stuff after he gets some stuff taken care of here shortly. So check it, check it out. Teespring ITL store. Get your ITL swag and tell your boys. Let's get to it. We've we've put these people through enough, Bogman. We've put them yeah. through far enough in this five-minute open. We're going to go talk early ranks. It's 2021 only. Second base. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know how you're feeling right now. Stop it. Stop it. Don't do that. I'm here for you. Oh. In this league. <laughs> you are so to be fair, Bachman, I am looking at the top end of second base and... You're not wrong. I think the top, so it's kind of weird the, the way it works out this year. 
the top end is pretty good at second base. But through like maybe the top six players should be solid. But right. But my my point to what you're getting at is you're right. They are good names, but it does not have the same vibe that any other position has. Where where there's not a single player at second base that qualifies there that you would take in the top two rounds. Like they'll slide yeah. in somewhere in the third round. So it does. I don't know if it's a devalue of the position. It's it's weighted a little bit less, but also at the same time, it's an opportunity for everybody to get involved because you don't have to think about second base until you get into the third round and you've got a chance, as you just said, you can pick from one of those top you know, five or six if you think that's kind of an elite-ish class for that position. And then there's a handful, I think another tier of a couple. And then, you know, it is dicey. It is dicey after that. There's no guarantees once you get to, in, at least in my mind, once you get to like nine down. So the position doesn't hold the same weight that any of the others do. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, I feel like with first baseman, there's just more established players. You know, like even when you're down here getting low, Josh Bell has been decent. Christian Walker had a pretty good year. Um, Candelario had a good year. Hosmer has been around for a while. Like there are names down here in the 20s where you're just like, okay, like I know what this guy brings to the table. He, he's got a bunch of wild swings, but he's pretty good. The bottom of second base is kind of like, uh, this guy was good once and he was kind of okay. Like, are we really trusting Ty France? Like that's kind of what it, that's kind of what it looks like to me. It's like this guy played better in the 60 game season than some of the guys at the end of, you know, the first base rankings. But is he trustable? Like Hosmer is pretty trustable. You most likely know what you're going to get from him versus a guy like Ty France or Dylan Moore or whoever that completely overperformed. So I understand what you and Bubba have been talking about, but when I look at it, I'm like, I want to get a second baseman early so I don't have to deal with it. Yeah, this. I mean, I think that's definitely true from a strategy standpoint. If you can and, and see getting it early is you still don't have to pay a top two round price. You can get in the third or fourth round and you can pretty easily get one of the top five. If you make a commitment you, in the first three or four rounds, even in a 15 team league, you can get one of the top five. You then get into a spot, back to your point again, where you don't like the middle ground, that you might be better set focusing on other positions. So I'll tell you this. One thing we've got going on is the ITL mocks, and we're creating an ITL ADP. That's another uh, another like added thing you can get on our Patreon. If you want to follow ours, and I gave a little plug on it when I was on CBS early last week, Boggs, on our ITL ADP, because the NFBC stuff is great. It's cool, but it's high dollar, and it's it's it's... I don't want to say you don't use it because you absolutely do. We care what the most invested drafters are doing, but I think there's also a consumer sentiment that's important to watch, especially early on. Like I think I value NFBC data more when it's close to the league or a time for the league to start up like drafts, like February, maybe early March and stuff like that. Well, right also now, they don't have much more than us. They have five leagues drafted. Totally. But also, like it's this is the time where it's a little bit the wild wild west. So we had an October set of of leagues and drafts where we had four. We created an ADP out of that. We've got the next set, which our listeners partake with us. So these are base, you know, baseball centric people that are you know paying to be on the Patreon. They are drafting again, and we're going to do it again in December if you sign up. And then we are going to get all of the leagues, and then you will just be able to see per month and. When you end up doing that, I think it gives you a really good early eye on the looks. 
we are in it right now. We're in the November one. And to the point of what I'm talking about with second base, I have gone six picks through and I haven't even thought about the position. I really haven't thought about any of these guys. You know, maybe Ozzy Albies, but in the position I was in, I find the impact bats and I've gone a little bit heavy pitching. And when you get into six and seven, I'm in the spot where it's like, I'm not going to get Hero. I'm not going to, maybe if I really wanted to get Altuve on his downturn, you can. So I will bulk up on the other spots. And when you get down to eight, nine, I'm not sure the differences between eight to 15 are that insane. Uh, at least in my ranks, what I'm talking about. So it is a position if you don't get the top, and I think you can wait a little bit, and it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just not weighted. That similar, it's almost like a kind of like catcher ish. You know, it's not the same, obviously, but it's not yeah. weighted the same. Where it's like you're not gonna be slapped on the wrist so much if you wait longer if you don't get the top in when you're more likely, like me, to be covering other areas. There's elite shortstops in there. There are elite pitching if you can take advantage of it. I had some pitchers fall, and that's what I end up doing. So that's why Ozzie, you know, guys like Ozzy Albies and you know, DJ LeMahieu and stuff, they're just not necessarily on the table for me. Yeah, I, I understand that, but I, I like taking DJ LeMahieu. I took him in the most sure. recent mock. Uh, I, I just, he qualifies multiple positions. He hits for a high batting average. Like, you know, you're going to have a, a pretty decent season from LeMahieu. So I, I like taking him. I think a lot of these other guys have wild swings. I mean, even Ozzy Albies has been banged up a little bit and he hit 271. You know, only played 29 games and had great counting stats for playing half the game, six homers and three swipes. Uh, Cattell Marte, though, who uh, you have ranked much higher than the other drafts. I do. Uh, he only had two homers and one stolen base in 45 games. He had some injury stuff as well. So who knows how long he was dragging that stuff around. Yeah. So uh, these guys are dicey. Al Altuve had a bad year. Muncie had a terrible year. You know, outside of power, he was good there, but he hit 192, 12 homers with a 192 average. It's I mean, inconsistent. That, that's yeah, you're what, hurting like, as much as you're helping at that point. Yeah, you, you feel the inconsistency. So if you can jump, I mean, to your point, DJ LeMahieu, who we'll talk about here in a second, might be the uber consistency. You know, he's the guy, he's the ultimate, just sit it, forget it. I don't have to worry. He's been two straight years of, you hope he, you know, returns with uh, the New York Yankees from just a production standpoint. So let's talk about this for a minute. I ended up with my first second baseman. I ended up going with Ozzie Albies, who you said he he struggled with some injuries. He did struggle a bit this year. He was even early on kind of bumped out of the top of the lineup as Dansby Swanson really started to pop off and he was, you know, sent down injuries, came back up a little bit. He was able to finish the year 271 batting average with six homers, three stolen bases, 21 runs in 29 games. His 2020 steamer projections have him at a 277 batting average, 14 stolen bases, 26 homers, a big power output. Uh, also 35 doubles, which I want to say is second best to only uh, Cattell Marte on the steamer projections. And those are very favorable numbers over 150 games. And this is kind of an instance where Ozzy Albies has continued showing higher power. There are stolen bases in there. He's a decent batting average player on a fantastic team. I think there is potentially an argument for LeMahieu to even be above um, the stolen bases, I think, alter a little bit on Albie's side, but the average clearly goes to LeMahieu's side. But I still think the sky's the limit with a guy like Ozzy Albies. And I have him at one. The two early mocks took him around one. Our ITL drafts, he was actually the second second baseman there. 
So any thoughts on Ozzy Albies being the number one second baseman? Yeah, I mean, I, I, between him and LeMayhew, I think they're uh, one, two, and any order you want to put them in, I don't really have a hard lean one way or the other. Uh, I think Albies has the higher ceiling. I think LeMayhew has the higher floor. And that's, you know, that that's what you're looking for. And, and I, I'll say this. I'm probably going to have LeMayhew ahead of Albies just for the fact that when you look a little bit lower, I don't know that there's a lot of guys that you want to dip into should something happen with uh, either one of these guys. So, you know, if I'm if I'm going higher floor and the guy that wasn't banged up last year, I'm going to take my 50 games from LeMayhew and do that versus, uh, you know, what was going on with Albies in his kind of, you know, seesawness to the season. Yeah, and inconsistent. Uh, And let me me do a comparison here, too. Number two is DJ LeMayhew. I think those are the clear cut. The top two, if you want to tier it, it's Ozzy Albies and DJ LeMayhew. I had him at two. He went three in the ITL mocks. He was also two two in the early. He had 10 homers, 41 runs, three stolen bases, a 364 batting average, a 421 OVP. He's now done it over multiple years, played 50 games, and has... Three positions of qualification, first, second, and third. We talked to him. Like, in Yahoo, he'll get first. If they stick to the seven games pretty hard, he might not get first in some of the other places, so maybe you can kind of knock that off. But again, you're more likely to play him at third or second before you go first. Now, projections on DJ LeMahieu for the upcoming season. 19 homers. Can I guess the batting average? Absolutely, but real quick. Uh, let me give you the accounting stats, and I want you to guess that. It's actually really good. 19 homers, which is seven less than Albies. Uh, seven stolen bases, which is seven less than Albies, 71 runs, which is 13 RBIs. I'm sorry, RBIs, 13 less RBIs, 71 LeMahieu, two Aussie Albies, 92 runs, five more. So LeMahieu only has um, one of those technical five, or really four categories that we've talked about. What do you think the batting average is after being an absolute monster for two years with the Yankees and hitting 360 last year? What do you think the steamer projections is? I mean, this is where they usually kill guys. So I'm going to say, you know, he hit 364 last year and they're going to have him. Uh, let's see. What is his career? His career is his career batting average. Where is it? Um, it is 305. I'll say he's 289. You're very close. 293. <laughs> 293. Okay. Yeah. Which is about 60 points off, but I mean, this is also a 60 game season. So I get that. Yeah. And, um, it's about a 16 point difference from Ozzy Albies on batting average. So if you want to break it down from that, they're playing the same games. LeMahieu gets two of the five categories. I don't think he gets the important category in stolen bases, which it's, as I say, it's important. It's not the end of the world. There are other places to grab it. And I think even from a depth perspective this year, there might be more. Like, I've never been the type of guy that is super into being like, well, you know what? I'm not going to have like high end base dealers. I'll just get some cheap guys later to fill that. I don't really like that strategy. I I like elite uh, heavy counting stats. I like big homers and I like big stolen bases. I like twins. I like them being. And twins. But I do think. If you don't get like an elite guy, if you don't want to pay up for a Mondesi or whoever, you can get two solid guys. Like one of the guys I took in this upcoming draft, uh, and we will break it down in December in the ITL mock that we're doing, is I took Bo Bichette. And Bo Bichette's a guy that could be 15 to 20 stolen bases. I get one more, you know, half decent guy. I'm solid. Then 
there are more depth players than there have been in previous years where you can start picking up stolen bases. You know, if uh, Francisco Lindor doesn't get traded to the Mets, a guy like Andres Jimenez could steal 20. So you can do that more than ever. So I do think the argument, especially when it's single-digit differentials of stolen bases, it's not that big. So LeMahieu gets 7, Ozzy Albies gets 14. Okay, it's something, but it's not the end of the world. But you do look at all the other count. You look at power, and you look at RBIs in favor of Ozzy Albies. That's something to consider. And most people like to punt on uh, batting average. It's not really a punt comparatively. So that's why these guys are close. But here's where I would go with this. If I'm getting a discount, I'm going to side on the discounted person and that didn't happen in the two early mocks. As a matter of fact, Ozzy Albies went 27. So in a 15-team league, that was the back of the second round. In a 12, he would be right into the third. And uh, DJ LeMahieu didn't go that much further down at 34. So it's a very small discount. But in the ITL mocks, these early ones, you had Ozzy Albies go 34 in ours, which is just third round in a 15-team. But DJ LeMahieu down here at 49. People have not caught up to him. That is a big enough difference to be like, I will clearly go in another position. I will take, you know, I mean, Starling Marte went after Ozzy Albies. I'll take Marte over him, and then I'll come back and take DJ LeMahieu into the next round. I'll do that all day, every day, if, if you and I were sitting here doing our player debates. I would take LeMahieu with the small discount. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can get an elite pitcher, like you just mentioned, Marte, an elite outfielder, somebody like that, and uh, we have these guys pretty closely, uh, you know, um, uh, ranked here. I, I also, for me, I think I would put Whit in there as well. Uh, and I would just kind of say whoever's the cheapest of those three is who I'm going to take. Well, we'll talk. Yeah, and we'll talk about Whit here in a second. My number three is what you were talking about before. It's Cattell Marte. And we can first get the homerism out of the way. I, I can acknowledge that that might be there. And that might exist, and I'm I'm not going to try to push up against it too much because I have him higher than everybody else. He was going as the sixth second baseman in ITL, the seventh in the two early mocks. And I want to say I might have been the guy that took him in one of the two early mocks. I've got him at three, and he is coming off of a relatively poor year. He still hit 287, so he was still getting his hits. He had a 327 OBP, which was higher than Ozzy Albies, but he only had two homers. 17 RBIs and 19 runs, and he did it in 45 games. He had 181 at-bats. And you could see the struggle. He was, I mean, he had an insanely low slugging. The only guy in, like, the top 10 here that had a lower slugging than him was Max Muncy, which is hilarious, by the way, because Max Muncy hit, like, 14 home runs or 12 home runs, and he was (laughs) an absolute monster. But my defense... This is one of those, if you can, if, if you have it in you to take out for here for a minute, the possibility of me being a homer, this is one of those instances of the 60-game season slapping someone right on the D and completely <laughs> not giving them the benefit of the doubt across the board off of this small season. Marte, like you said, he was dealing with some injuries. He wasn't getting the ball up. The entire offense was absolutely garbage, and they were done after the first half projections, steamer projections for the 2021 season have Cattell Marte back with some power, hitting 21 homers, which is two more than DJ LeMahieu, 90 runs, two less than LeMahieu, 79 RBIs, which is eight more than LeMahieu, seven stolen bases, which is tied, and a 286 batting average. Bogman, Cattell Marte is 96% of DJ LeMahieu. 
projected for 2021 and Cattell Marte is dropping like a rock to everybody. And I want to say, if I look here, he went a very nice 69 in ours compared to Mason's 73. That is a 45 pick difference between LeMahieu and Cattell Marte. Yeah, and he's 88 on those early NFBC rankings as well. So uh, way down there. I, I think the thing, you know, taking homerism out of it and everything, I think the thing that uh, a lot of people are forgetting, yes, he had a bad year, but he also had a wrist injury. And we know that wrist injuries tend to uh, really affect power, which makes a lot of sense to why he only hit two homers. He tried to play through it. He wound up going on the DL. He came back. I think he went back on the the DL, IL, whatever. And then, um, you know, ended the season only hitting two homers. But we know the powers in his. Oh, path. dude! It is, it if you've seen him in person too, which we have, he this is real big power. 2019, he had a 19 percent home run to fly ball ratio and a 42 percent hard hit rate. He was also pulling the ball about 43 percent of the time. Wrist injury, that home run fly ball fell down to 3.8%. That's an anomaly. He had been in double digits, double digits for two straight years. And then in the shortened season with an injury, he's hitting more ground balls. He's not getting it in the air. He pulled less, 4% less, and his hard hit percentage went down 10%. You think it just fell off? No, it didn't. It's wrist injury. It was a poorish offense across the board, and I think they gave up in the second half. Cattell Marte is going to rebound. I will I, I will put that down. I will own the shares of Cattell Marte. So if I can lock one in, wink, Cattell Marte is a 2021 second base target because I have him at third. You're going to get him post 60. He's going in the 80s in NFBC. He went 70s in the two early mocks and even our own ITL people taking him at 69. I am going to jump in on Cattell Marte because this is also a guy that's, hit, you know, he can hit 330. He can hit for power. He can run a little bit. They're going to need him more in that offense. And he's got the second base qualification. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah, I, I love Cattell. I, I would put him, I would put him fourth, but, but I do, you know, I, I'm going to be in there with you. The so, guy that sure. you have, uh, the guy that you would put at third is someone you talked about, Whit Merrifield, who I have at fourth. Whit had a pretty good season, nine homers, a nice little power output, 12 stolen bases, hitting 282, 30 RBIs, 38 runs. He's projected this upcoming season over 150 games to hit 282, 16 homers, 24 stolen bases, and I want to say that's 93 runs and 66 RBIs. So this is one of those instances where if you, you can't tell someone that they can't side on the stolen bases because that's the most by this position. You know, the next closest I think projected is actually a wild name. And I love it because I'm here for it. Nick Madrigal is the next guy who's projected next year at 20 stolen bases in a 305 average. And if you know me, you know I love Nick Madrigal. But if you want to pay on the stolen bases for wit, you can do that. Just the cost is really high. And I'm not the biggest believer necessarily in the power. The offense in in general kind of kills me a little bit. And ITL went buck on him in our October stuff. He was the 30th overall player taken, the number one second baseman compared to Mason's 41. So there's a there's a high cost you have to pay on Whit Merrifield, and you're paying, you're essentially paying for the stolen bases because he's a runs stolen base guy, which is chipping in pretty decent power he did last year, and batting average is pretty solid. 
Yeah, I mean, nine homers in uh, 60 games last year for him was pretty big. You know, the most homers he's had in a year is uh, 19 back in 2017. And, uh, you know, he had 16 over 162 games in 2019. So, uh, I mean, look, very consistent, 145, 158, 162 and 60 games. So, you know, he's most likely going to be on the field. I mean, you know, any player can get hurt at any time, of course, but uh, he has toughed out uh, nicks and bruises and all that kind of stuff and adding stolen bases and power to his game last year really impressed me. So I just think that the floor is so high on Whit Merrifield that it's going to be hard to avoid him, although he is going to be more expensive than Ketel Marte, and we both like the value of Marte. I think uh, those top three guys in Albies, you know, if Albies is just the most expensive, I probably won't have any shares of him. And then LeMayhew and Witt are probably more my targets. And if I don't get one of those guys, I'm probably going to want Marte. Yeah, and I think based on where those guys go, I'm doing other stuff uh, strategically in my draft. Strategy. Um, that I just don't think I'm going to be in that spot. I'll pull stolen bases in other places and pay up for Whit Merrifield. But I got him at four, and if, if he drops a little bit, that would be exciting. Number five on my list, I'm going back to the well on a player that I do believe in, even though he's coming off of a bad 60. Keston Hira, who is my number five. He played 59 games, only hit 212, though. But if you didn't look at the batting average, you'd go, this is a pretty solid season. 13 homers, 32 RBIs, 30 runs with three stolen bases. Down a tiny bit just because of the batting average, of course. As far as projections go, ooh, where did you go? Here we go. For some reason, not a good sign. Here. No, that's not <laughs> actually was not a good sign. But I will give you some numbers that'll make you a little bit happier. 30 homers, 30 projected homers for Keston Hira with 12, 11 stolen bases. Sorry, I have to scroll while I'm doing this because for whatever reason, they have him marked down here a bit, and I'm not sure. Uh, it's probably you probably listed by batting average or something. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Actually, it's not, but I I couldn't tell you what it is. But uh, Keston Hira, thirty homers, eleven stolen bases, eighties in the runs and RBIs. Batting average, a bit back to normal, two fifty five. So that can that can make okay. you feel a little bit better. I mean, I've seen you know I don't know everyone's talked about that, but I've seen him in person. The strikeout rate is the concern. But the bat to ball is what gets you excited. He's he's one of these enigma type of players. He was one of the better contact college bats coming out in, I want to say it was 2017. And he suffered a bunch of injuries. He's always hit for good average. This past year, it really fell apart. Because in 2019, you forget, he hit 303. He had a 30% K rate and hit 303. This past year, BABIP way down. And here's the problem with him. He was a 400 BABIP in 2019 way overweighted 250 or 273 this past year that's too low i think you're going to find a middle ground and that's why the projections come in at 255 which is relatively safe-ish but the power's real he absolutely can steal more bases than the three i think he's a 15 stolen what did i say they project him at 11 i like him around 15 love the 30 homers um you can live with the 255 batting average kesson here's another one of these players but where did he go let me do a little control f here he went 58 in the ITL mocks, and he was 69 in the uh, too early. So that's another nice. guy I can see myself more invested in. Yeah, I, I, I like Keston here a lot. But, you know, I think I think from this is what makes me dicey about 
uh, second base overall is we're on the fifth guy and we're talking about big swings already. Now, the counting stats are going to be there, which is nice for here, which is why I would have him ahead of Altuve as well, because we're not sure if they're going to stick with Altuve. But, uh, you know, the batting average swing is enormous and that strikeout rate is a little scary. So. Uh, yeah, the strikeout I, rate is probably the most concerning thing of all of it. And it's so weird, though, because, you know, he's built his swing is very like built on timing. He's got a really good uppercut spot for homers. And I don't know what it was last year, if it was pressing for him to have such a just such an undercut of a year. I mean, he's never had a stop where he's hit under 270 in double A in 2018. He hit 272. He's always been a high batting average guy, even at the major leagues in 48 games in 2019. But he didn't have enough time to uh, come through. You, some, he might have suffered his sophomore slumps in a shortened season. But he's a better hitter than shown. And I think there's something you can qualify like what to work on, and it's plate discipline. And he got to strike out happy, even though they were winning. And I think that can be improved. And uh, I'm gonna bet that it can in, be improved. Also fifth in NFBC, but they have they have a couple weird wins in here for sure. Their 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 rankings, yeah, at second are way different than yours, surprisingly. Okay. Um, yeah, there, there's a bunch of there's a lot of recency bias going on here. Well, and that's and that's the thing, and that's what you've got to build through. Like I've got stuff that has some recency in it, but you want to get out of it, and you want to um, you want to take advantage maybe as well. Like like you know me having Cattell Marte at three, that's how I value him. But I need to understand where he's going because I don't need to. If Lemayhew and Albies go in the first 35 picks, it doesn't mean I need to jump on taking Cattell Marte. I just know all right, this is a guy that I value more than other people. I can go another round or two and I'm going to try to pick him up. I think Keston Hira would actually kind of sit in this tier because I think we're going to start to change. Um, we're going to change values here when we go to number six. And I've got Jose Altuve, which I didn't realize that I have higher than everybody else. And I'm not even trying to be a high guy because I'm not that interested. I got him at six. He went 10 in both ITL in the two early mocks. He had five homers, two stolen bases, 219 batting average, still a 370 OBP. Projections for the coming season still have Altuve hitting some bombs again, 23 homers, 11 stolen bases, back with a 280 batting average, 93 runs, which is more or tied with Whit Merrifield as the most runs by any second baseman, and 82 RBIs, which is, I mean, it's more than LeMahieu, more than Cattell Marte. An expected bounce back is out there for Altuve by uh, the projection systems. I'm not aggressive or anything like that on him, but I've got him at six, and he went 101 in our draft, even worse, 109 in the two early mocks. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm out on Altuve for now. So uh, I I think I'll have him a little bit lower than you, although I don't think I'm going to drop him all the way down to 10. Like, uh, you know, the the other ones have done and uh, NFBC, he's also at 10. I, I think there's I think there's enough question marks with enough other second basemen here to take a risk on a former MVP. But uh, I don't know. It, it, not a good year. And you can already see, you know, uh, you just can't expect him to play. I mean, what 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 does Steamer have him for uh, as far as games go? A hundred and twenty? One fifty. One fifty. OK. All right. I mean, he played 48 this year, so he missed. He's going to miss the same 12 games he missed in a 60 game season in a 162 game season. That's a little surprising. So uh, the the knee stuff has been creeping up for him for a while. seems like it might be chronic at this point. So uh, I don't know. Uh, He's going to be he's going to be lower for me, too. But, uh, you know, 
he's still really good. He, I mean, well, he's you know. okay. He's not really. He hasn't been really, really good for two years, but we still know what he has been he, before. He's got, yeah, he's got it in the tank. Probably, Maybe it's so. still in the tank. And I think these next three guys, I'm going to list off the next two. I think there's room to adjust, and I, I view them all in the same kind of um, volatility mode where number seven, I've got Max Muncy. He had 12 homers this past year with a 192 batting average, which was absolute poop. He's projected, I think, more homers than anybody that actually is a second-base qualifier. They have Glaber Torres on this list, but he's not going to qualify. He only played shortstop this past year. Uh, 31 homers for Muncy with a 233 batting average, and that would be 96 walks, too. Jesus, 84 runs, 84 RBIs. And, and it's the, not like his career batting average is good either. His career batting average is 236. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then the next guy, I'm not sure if he's on, where the hell is he listed? Is it going to be in the outfield? Is Brandon Lau. But I'm not even uh, seeing him under second base. And I hate that they do this. Uh, Brandon Lau um, uh, on NFBC is going sixth. So uh, 72.2 overall on there. Um, yeah. And I, he qualifies at both positions. So. Um, I might have to go uh, to the I'm, next page here on why Brandon. Where the hell is Brandon Lau? <laughs> it's uh, where's it's the Lau? It's probably recency bias as far as why he's going that high. I think I'm going to have him closer to where you have him at eight. Just drop him a couple spots. Who you Lau? find him, Brandon? Yeah, I still Brandon. haven't found him. I haven't found the Seamer projections on him. He wasn't under second base, and I wasn't going to dig forever. Uh, and I and I hate that they have the positional stuff not set up. But either way. The point, and Lau is coming off of a great season where he hit, I mean, 269, but 14 homers, three stolen bases, mid 30s on the runs and RBIs. Lau, Muncy, and Altuve, they kind of exist in a tier to me because <clears throat> Muncy has a flexibility and with the Dodgers, and I think he's a better hitter. He underperformed. Altuve, former MVP, steamer projections are very favorable to him. And um, I found it for him. You want me to go through yeah, these yeah, numbers? Yeah, let me just go through Lau. And then Lau multi-position second and outfield who had a breakout year and the full buy-in. I think they're all, they all exist in their own universe. So what do they project on Lau? Uh, 250 batting average with, um, what is this? Uh, 24 homers, 70 runs, 70 RBI and six stolen bases. Yeah. I mean the projections see kind of a, of a, of a comeback as well, like a tear back on his overall production, I'm just I'm unsure on paying the high prices. And I think a lot of people in some of the like the early mocks. Yeah, he went 64 in ours and he went 60 overall in the Mason. It's not bad, but I mean, just too high. 40, you know, 40 pick difference between him and Altuve he's gotta, right now. He's got to keep the power. You know, the stolen bases aren't abundant. The batting average isn't abundant, you know, so he's got to keep the power. And that's, you know, uh the most he's had in a full season is 17. Now, you know, if you project him out, he's much closer to his 26 total that Steamer's given him. But, uh, but, but I don't know. You Brandon know, so. Lau was fun when you could take him in the 150s and based off of some of the early power he did. Now you're paying like almost a top 60 price tag on him when he's going above Marte, he's going above Altuve, he's going to go above Muncy. And, you know, I mean, I, I represent it in my ranks that I think. I think I'd rather go in their direction than I would pay up high on the short season of Brandon Lowe. And it's, it's not to be negative to him. I mean, 56 runs, 14 homers. That's more homers than any other second baseman. So shame on me for being so negative about it with what he's done with the Rays. But still at the same time, it's a high 
it's a high cost when there's so many other discounts out there. And he was the fourth second baseman to go in the two early mocks, five in ITL. I'm going to rank him at eight. The last two that make my top 10, and believe me, I, I think there's some other names, and this is why I kind of said like after eight, it kind of opens up. I could probably list you th- at least two more guys that belong in this, but I went with Cronenworth at nine. Everybody knows I love Jake Cronenworth. 54 games, didn't blow the roof off, four homers, three stolen bases, but very flexible across multiple positions. 285 batting average, and I have not looked. I'm very interested to see what his projection is going to be on this coming season. And let's see, here we go. He is projected at only 11 homers, 11 stolen bases, tw- uh, 273 batting average, and in the 60s in runs and RBI. So definitely pretty low on a an almost lockdown NL rookie candidate that uh, I was a huge fan of, and I love. This. He's a runner-up. Yeah, first second behind Devin Williams. First second shortstop eligibility. And then number 10 box, you can maybe compare these two out. I'm still going to the well on Jonathan VR. And, you know, he only had two homers, but had 16 stolen bases with a 232 batting average with the Blue Jays. I believe he's back with the Blue Jays, yeah. which is going to be a very run happy team and a lot of run support there with a healthy Bo Bichette. Vladimir Guerrero, I think, is going to rebound. So there's a lot to go with with VR, and you're going to get big discounts this year. And he should still, you know, I it, we have him listed at second and shortstop, and I think that's going to hold. I think there's some value to that, and and that's why, you know, Jeff McNeil might deserve to be a little bit up. I've also got Kevin Biggio next, so like those guys are kind of all of a tier that within the next month or so, I might alter some of the adjustments here. But right now, Cronenworth uh, number nine and VR at ten. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think here touch high on Cronenworth. I get it, but uh, I wouldn't have him in my top ten. I'm gonna have him a little bit lower than that. Br's tough, you know, uh, because he's he's not really a one trick pony, but that's definitely all he did last year was the stolen bases with 16, 232 batting average is well below his average, and the two homers was extremely disappointing because he had 24 yeah. for the Orioles in 2019. So. Uh, you know, if you're thinking maybe he has a little uh, bounce back there, I mean, I don't know that I would expect much more from the batting average because his career average is 259. But uh, he's a little more than a one trick pony. But I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, they're kind of placing him as a one trick pony. I mean, NFBC ADP is also lower uh, at 12 overall among second basemen. On VR. So, yeah, VR is. So yeah. I, I was a little surprised by that, too. Uh, but he's going in the one thirties somewhere in that neighborhood because, uh, people start to get desperate and they reach for stolen bases, but I think he can be a little more than that. So I'm with you on ranking him higher than, than, uh, consensus for sure. Yeah. And you know, I mean, the more that I look at this, I think there are arguments that, I mean, Cronenworth might be a little bit high that when I'm looking at this as a whole, and this is why this is a good exercise. When you look at what Jeff McNeil what he's done, just consistency. I don't think he blows the the tops off on any of his counting stats, but if the Mets were to go get a Lindor and you just have a more powerful offense, McNeil has this really good floor. I think the difference like VR, like actually Cronenworth and McNeil are very similar in that, you know, it's, it's good average, good hits. They just don't rack up the counting stats. VR is very volatile, but also explosive for the stolen bases. But somebody who I have a little bit lower, Kevin Biggio, he kind of represents both sides. He's got power. He stole six bases 
in uh, 59 games last year. He only hit 250. Biggio might be a better bet the more that I look at it. And actually, I mean, I didn't even realize this. The two early mocks, he's the fifth second baseman. He's that, fourth on NFBC in their Wow, so and I tail went seven. So I'm sleeping on Biggio a little bit. And I want to run him and Cronenworth worth uh, next to each other that I could see Biggio going up to nine. I just don't know if I would push him any higher. If you truly believe he's going to improve the batting average, even if you don't, I suppose, if you got 250 with like 25 homers and 18 stolen bases, that's really damn good. So Biggio, I am underselling here, and that probably needs to get fixed. Yeah, I, I would bump him up a little bit further too, but I don't. there's no way I'd go to four with him. No. Not a chance. No. I mean, it's... Albies, LeMayhew, Whit, and Marte for me. I, I'm with you as far as Marte being a little bit higher than consensus as well. I could see an and argument then, of Kevin Biggio over Lau. Uh, Kevin Biggio, yeah, yeah, I, I could do that. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that that range is is fine. I just, uh, I'm not going to move him up into that top four. Biggio so. is projected, by the way, 20 homers, 14 stolen bases with a 237 batting average, so a massive drop-off. But Biggio lives and breathes OBP league. So he's a huge boost in OBP. Yeah. Leagues. Projected at His OBP was 375 last year. He's one of the yeah. most patient hitters I've ever seen. I told the story like at the fall league where he had this at bat where the bat didn't leave his shoulder through, um, I want to say like three at bats, like three full at bats. He just never swung and he just walked. <laughs> he, he struck out once and then he walked and he was just waiting for his perfect pitch. He's just very, very honed in like that. Uh, but Frindo's that second base. You know, there is some depth. I mean, look at that. You know, Biggio and McNeil, I might be underselling a little bit. You can make cases where VR and Cronenworth have their value. After those guys, though, we actually gave you 12. After that, it gets dicey. There are some fun names you can check. I personally like Tommy Lastella, David Fletcher hitting higher in the lineup. Dylan Moore had a really solid year last year. And there's some other depthy players, but they're not quite like the top end. If you guys got comments on it, you can definitely join up on the Patreon. You can see the ranks page and you can drop questions under the ranks. And we can um, we can probably bring that after we're all done with this series. We'll be doing the ADPs and maybe we'll even answer some rank-based questions. You can also tweet us at IsItTheWelsh at Bogman Sports for comments coming up next in the two early rank series. Shortstops. I was about to say second, uh, third base. But no, it's shortstops, of course. We're going to be giving you the shortstops and that, friendos, is quite a list especially on the top end. So we'll be going through the top 10 as we do. Give you steam or give my projection and based out. Hopefully you guys consider coming support us and on Patreon, you can get the ranks, you can have uh, access to us and you can just have a merry old fun time. We're about to do, we're doing a secret Santa, which I'm going to finalize this week. And we've got the Deckard Balls Christmas special, which I need to make. Um, <clears throat> we made an official announcement on the date, but we got to, you know, let everybody know some more details and stuff like that. And we're going to be too wild and crazy guys that's what we do on the special and that's going to be super fun that we do for listeners so join up with the universe have so much fun and make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can hear bogman and welsh all the time because that's all we do is podcast that's right all right that's right and come over here and clean my apartment please yeah yeah well, what was what did we say the one rule is get out I, however yeah that was. <laughs> the one the one rule is you're not allowed you're not so. allowed all right friendos we're out of here have a good one we'll talk to you in the next episode on short stops peace for you Lucky. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.